This is London. American newscaster Edward R. Murrow's nightly send-off repeated itself in Anna Trenoweth's head as she emerged from the Aldersgate tube station into the dusty yellow glare of a late summer afternoon. This certainly was not the London she knew. In the weeks since German bombers had begun concentrating their nightly raids on the capital, the city had taken on a surreal feeling, as if the entire population clenched its fists and held its breath. Even the air seemed charged and heavy, coating the back of her throat with a taste of grit and cinders. Damaged roads had been roped off, so that just navigating the short distance between the station and Graham and Prue's house became a game of snakes and ladders with every move forward requiring three moves back. Homeless queued in front of a burned-out department store where volunteers handed out blankets and coffee. A group of boys rooted near a rubble-filled crater, hooting and whistling over bits of shrapnel and twisted metal. A family hustled, heads down, toward a bus carrying a few bits of scarred luggage. She'd been warned what to expect. She'd listened to the news reports from her hospital bed in Surrey, fingers clenched white in her lap, stomach tight and tense. Whitechapel, Clerkenwell, Holborn. The names familiar and dear. Places she could picture when she closed her eyes. Her city. Her home but not even Mr. Murrow's impressions of devastation had been enough to prepare her for the harsh reality. Pardon, miss. Streets closed off. Unexploded bomb. A policeman barred her way, twirling his whistle round his finger, rolling back and forth on the balls of his feet. Bomb disposal's on its way, but you left to go round. He eyed her dark blue gabardine, red cross VAD uniform, and the valise she carried the weight of it dragging against her bad shoulder. Home for a bit. A week's leave. My family lives just north of here. I thought I'd surprise them. His frown deepened. He caught his whistle in a closed hand. A good daughter you are, miss. I hope you find them well. Anna nodded her thanks and began the roundabout track that would take her east then back north. At this rate... It would be dinner time before she dragged herself into the small front parlour in Queen's Crescent. It was Friday, so Graham would be at the pub for his weekly pint of bitter and a jaw with the lads. Prue would be in her chair by the radio, listening to Vera Lynn or the comedy of Bandwagon, chewing nervously at the end of her spectacles. Anna hadn't seen either of them since July, when they'd visited her in hospital. She'd tried talking them out of the difficult trip from London to Surrey, but Prue had insisted, and Anna hadn't the stamina to argue. It took all her energy just to scribble a few hackneyed lines on a postcard each week. There was no way she could make them understand her desire to be left alone without sounding cold and unfeeling, and she'd not hurt Graham or Prue, even if it meant gritting her teeth through their hovering attentiveness. Just as she'd expected... It had been an awkward reunion. They'd not known what to say as she lay plastered like a mummy, her face gaunt and marked by the constant nightmares that left her sick. She'd had too much to say and no words to speak of the horrible images seared upon her heart. By the time they left, she'd felt nothing but guilty relief and an overwhelming urge to be sick. Then she'd received her new orders and she'd had to speak to them. 
they were the only ones who might understand her emotional tug-of-war. She'd foregone a letter, choosing instead to ring them up with the news, spilling her confusion and doubts over the wires. Graham had listened to her calmly before handing the phone to Prue, who urged her to come home for a long-delayed visit. They needed to talk with her, about her mother. Anna had hung up the receiver with shaking hands and arranged for leave to travel up to London. Now, a week later, she was finally home, though home seemed sadly changed. She shifted the heavy weight of her valise off her shoulder to relieve the growing ache of stiff muscles as a trickle of sweat ran down her spine. The day was warm, and it had been months since she had walked so far. But she'd not the fare for a cab even if one could be found. Besides, she couldn't very well complain at being passed over for a posting due to her injuries, and then wilt at a bit of effort. There would be effort, and more if she returned to the front.